This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. Once upon a time, a long time ago, a king decided to send his trusted servant to visit his friend, a king in another country. So he called in a servant and he said, Servant! Yes, your majesty, the servant replied. I'd like to send you as my royal ambassador to visit with my friend in a faraway kingdom. He will reward you with gifts and you will have a wonderful stay. I have only one rule for you. Yes, sir, the servant replied. Promise me that you will not take any bets. So the servant thought to himself, okay, easy enough. And he promised resolutely not to take any bets. So he embarks on his journey in the faraway kingdom, and he finally arrives at the royal palace where he's given a hero's welcome. The servant of my old friend, enthused the king. I am so happy to see you. But then the king's face darkened. Hey, he said to the servant, you're a hunchback. A hunchback? The servant might have been many things, but he was not a hunchback. Um, Your Majesty, I'm not a hunchback, he stuttered. Yes, you are. You're a hunchback. I can't believe my old friend the king would send me a royal delegation by an ambassador who can't even stand up straight. You're a hunchback. Whoa, thought the servant. think we're overreacting just a little bit, but okay, he says out loud, your honor, your majesty, I'm so sorry for any misunderstanding, but I'm, I'm just not a hunchback. Oh, yeah, the king roars. I will bet you 100 gold coins that you are a hunchback. So now the servant is in a total bind. Should he take the bet, right? I mean, on the one hand, he had solemnly promised the king that he wouldn't take any bets. On the other hand, this is a sure win. I mean, probably the king didn't want him to take any bets because bets were risky and could make him look bad, but there was no chance of him losing this bet. There was zero risk. Okay, he says, you're on. Okay, said the king. Take off your shirt and prove to me that you are not a hunchback. So the servant awkwardly removes his coat, his jacket, his vest, and finally his shirt. He turns around slowly and shows the assembled his very typical and straight back. Wow, says the king, chastised. You really aren't a hunchback. (laughs) Guards, bring this man 100 gold coins from the royal treasury for his troubles. Well, after this kind of weird beginning, the servant really enjoyed a lovely stay with the king of the faraway kingdom, and he started to prepare to go home to his king. He couldn't wait to report how he had earned an easy 100 gold coins for the king's royal treasury. So he starts humming as he's preparing for his journey home, congratulating himself on a successful mission. The servant enters the king's chambers and is greeted warmly by one and all. So, said the king, did you take any bets? Oh, yes, your excellence, but it was a sure win, an easy bet. And he proceeds to tell the king the entire odd tale of the hunchback, the bet, the 100 gold coins. But instead of the congratulations he was waiting for, the king is furious. You idiot, he thundered. 
I made a bet with my friend the king for 200 gold coins that he couldn't get you to take your shirt off. This week in the Torah, we read the story of the spies. Now, picture this. The Jews had just come out of Egypt the previous year. They're poised to go into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. Moses encourages them not to fear and not to lose resolve. And then, as reported in the Torah, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 22, the Jews said, Let us send men ahead of us and let them spy out the land and bring word back to us the road on which we should ascend and the cities to which we should come. There's nothing technically wrong with their idea of sending scouts ahead to make sure the land was habitable and conquerable. Nothing at all, except that it wasn't what God had said. God had said dozens of times in the Torah, that he would bring us to the promised land that he had promised to our ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey, that he would vanquish our enemies before us. So Moses chastises the Jewish people. Yet in this matter, you do not believe in your God who goes before you on the way to seek out for you a place for you to encamp with fire by night to show you the road that you should travel and with a cloud by day. And then the spies come back from their mission. And 10 of the 12 scouts brought back a negative report about the land, warning the Jewish nation that there were hostile nations there and impenetrable cities that they would never be successful. Moses summarized it like this. You did not wish to ascend and you rebelled against the word of God. You slandered in your tents and said, because of God's hatred for us, did he take us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorite to destroy us? So the spies really slandered the land of Israel, and the entire nation sat down and cried, totally discouraged and hopeless that they could never enter the land of Israel. That's when God stepped in and commanded that not one person from that generation would be allowed to enter the land, aside from Caleb and Joshua, who offered a positive report, that that entire nation would die that the entire nation would wander around for 40 years until there was a new generation who could merit entering the land. No, there's nothing wrong with a servant taking a bet, even if he can see no risk, except that his king told him not to. And his king had the backstory, the big picture, the full story that the servant was clueless about. And there was nothing wrong with the Jewish people figuring that they could scout out the land that God had promised, because how could it hurt? Because it was win-win. But they did not know the weakness of the nation. They had no way of knowing how badly it would end. They won 100, but they lost 200. So what does this mean for you and me? I think that every one of us occasionally feels like we just know better. We have wisdom, we have knowledge, we become overly confident in our own perspective. But there is a bigger wisdom to the universe. And sometimes, God slash the universe slash karma, call it what you want, the greater wisdom in the universe is trying to tell you something. Let's have the humbleness to know that we don't know everything. In the book Into Thin Air by John Krakauer, The author describes a mission to climb Mount Everest in 1996. 
One of the most jarring aspects of the book are the descriptions of participants deciding not to listen to their seasoned guides as they get further and further up the mountain. Everest sits at over 29,000 feet above sea level. The last 5,000 feet is colloquially called the death zone. Oxygen there is at one-third the amount at sea level. Plus, if you think about it, getting to the summit is actually only the halfway point because the descent can be even more dangerous than the ascent. And one of the most dangerous parts of climbing is that often the climbers must turn around when they are mere feet away from the summit because there's not enough oxygen and the danger is just too great. But the climbers are often not paying their guides to keep them safe. They're paying them to reach the top. So sometimes the guide will tell the climbers to turn around, but some of the climbers will not listen because they just want to reach the summit. And the alternative is too depressing. They know the guide knows better, but they just can't help taking the bet, often with disastrous and deadly results. So it really takes greatness to admit that we don't know. And it takes greatness to trust the plan, that there's a reason why things happen the way they do, that we have limited vision, that our biases often lead us astray. Trust is such a difficult thing. It requires vulnerability and release. So let's try to practice that trust, that release, that knowledge that we don't always know the plan, but we trust that there is one, that there is a greater story, that maybe we're only just beginning to understand. This is The Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.